welcome back to Working Man's Pod, another episode of DNC in 23. Today we are talking all things June 7th, 2023, Dead and Co. Final Tour, hit the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in St. Louis, Missouri. If you've joined us for one of these episodes in the past, you know what the schedule is for today. We're going to recap last night's show and then we're going to precap tomorrow night's show and everything that's coming up next on the Golden Road. So let's get on with the show. This was Dead & Co's third time playing at this venue, the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in St. Louis. They've played there once a year since 2021, so they first hit it on that you know, comeback tour after COVID shut things down in 2020, and then they played there again last year, and now this will be their final time at this venue. Uh, reading reviews of this venue online, people seem to really like it. Um, I think that the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater has become like a chain, like they're, they run multiple sheds, multiple outdoor amphitheaters around the country. That was at least the impression that I got when I was reading about people who were reviewing really mainly the parking situation and trying to give people a heads up about you know, what to do and what not to do from a parking situation. Obviously, that's been a huge concern at the last few shows before this one. At the show that Dave and I last went to in Raleigh, um, parking was not that not that bad for us. I mean, I guess at least not compared to Atlanta, which was a nightmare, the, the show that we went to before that. But even then, there was a story in our newspaper that was even teased above the fold on the, on the front page where the guy made a big point of how terrible the traffic was there compared to other shows at that venue. And I guess that is true. Having been to other shows there, it, it was busier, but it wasn't like a full nightmare scenario like it sounds like it was in in Burgettstown in Pittsburgh um, a few nights ago, which was just, from the sounds of it, as bad as it gets. So I guess fair warning if you're going to go to some of the, the shows that are at these outdoor amphitheaters the rest of this tour, give yourself lots and lots of time. However early you think you need to leave to get there at a reasonable time, probably leave earlier than that. You know, if you think you should be leaving at three, leave at two. <laughs> I mean... Better to be in the lot and hanging around and, you know, killing time there than, you know, stressed out in the car. So anyways, um, that's a, I guess, a PSA about parking, but it sounds like it was not nearly as bad last night in St. Louis. So good job by the venue of having controls in place and, you know, making it go more smoothly. About that show in Starlight, that was the band's last time out, and that was a good show. Bust Outs were the name of the game that night. They had six songs that they had not yet played on this tour that they busted out in in Burgettstown for the Starlake audience, and the the people who actually got into the show were able to brave the traffic. Uh, all seemed to have very fond thoughts about it. It was a good show. Um, I caught not all of it, but a good chunk. And, um, you know, if, if you joined us for our last episode, Dave broke it all down. Um, and I thought it was just kind of continuing along with what has been a really, really strong tour. The same is true for this show in St. Louis. And I guess without further ado, let's get into the set list for this show. So the show began at 7.09 central time. Um, another tip, if you're going to some of your first shows of this tour, the band's been starting real soon after seven o'clock, like seven ten ish, basically every night. So get there on time. Um, make sure you're there for the, the show opener, which last night was let the good times roll. I thought it was a good version of 
let the good times roll. This is just a fun show opener. The the main thing that I noted was that Bob's voice sounded notably great, especially during the falsetto sections. He was really able to kind of hit those falsetto notes and he just sounded really strong. Also always good to hear Jeff sing um, on this song. So that was a nice way to get the show going. And from good times, they went right into big river, which is fitting. You know, you're in St. Louis, the Mississippi river. Um, it was a really great example to me, this song of John Mayer being himself while also paying homage to Garcia. He was interspersing these quick little phrasings that sounded a lot like Jerry, but with some more bluesy playing that was definitively and 100% his own. So I thought that his, his playing was just right on point for Big River. I like this song, and I think that he puts his stamp on it in a big way, and this version was no exception. Very, very nice. There was this really, really good solo um, kind of in the middle to, yeah, I think it was pretty much right in the middle of the song. It went into a real like rock around the clock space. Like it sounded like early roots of rock and roll by the time it was over. And I thought that that sounded great. It was an interesting, interesting tone and interesting style to go with on a song like Big River that's kind of this bouncy cowboy song, but it worked really, really well. And then after that, uh, Jeff just took us to church with a really nice organ solo. So everyone seemed like they were locked in um, two songs into the show. The next song was Friend of the Devil. If you have been listening to us for a while, you know that even in like the late 70s, 80s, 90s, I, the tempo that the Grateful Dead played Friend of the Devil at was not really for me. Not my tempo. I like the kind of fast album recording version and the ones they played up until the hiatus and maybe a little bit after that. So you can imagine that the Dead and Company Friends of the Devil, very, very slow, are really not for me. I've seen it in person. I was in Atlanta for the last time they played it before uh, St. Louis, and it's just, it's again, not my tempo. Uh, I did like this version, though, uh, quite a bit. I think that there were a couple of things that stood out. Number one, there was a super soulful mayor solo that I thought was just lovely. And I think maybe is a good showing of what you gain from this song. When you slow it down, there's more space to find that real patient, contemplative, soulful soloing, which was really good. Mayor's vocal delivery was also interesting on this song. I think that he's maybe been, listening to some Bob Dylan versions because his vocal delivery was kind of that stilted kind of halting Bob Dylan song delivery um, that he uses on this song among others. So I don't know. I thought that that was kind of interesting. Uh, Made for a unique performance. And, you know, again, although this is not really my preferred tempo for a friend of the devil, I did like this version quite a bit. From Friend of the Devil, they went into They Love Each Other. Even more of that Mayor soul. I mean, his solo on this song was excellent. When I was looking through kind of a lot of the comments on the Reddit setlist thread where people kind of go and hang out and chat about the show while we're all watching and listening to it, a lot of people were really, really, really high on this song, loving it in the moment. And then even some of the comments after the fact, like people who stopped by the post after the show to say, you know, I really loved the show. These were some of the standout moments. They love each other came up often. Um, we saw this song in Raleigh last week and it was an, 
tremendously good version that night too. They're just dialed in with this song uh, on this tour. I mean, it, it sounded really, really good. And there's just, there's more Comenti organ on this song. He sounds great on that. I feel like that organ and Mayer interplay, I mean, even within the context of John and Jeff, who sounds so, so good together always is like, maybe just an extra level of perfect. <laughs> I mean, they, those two just play so well together. Next song was Black Throated Wind, and that's one point for me on the board in Estimated Profits. I felt like St. Louis City of Blues um, would would make them play this song last night, and I was right. It was a tour bust out. They had not played it yet in 2023. So what better time than in the alleged City of Blues uh, than to break it out? I mean, just a nice version. I don't really have many notes. I was kind of just enjoying it along the way. Bob Bob still sounded good vocally. Uh, he didn't lose that over the course of the night. It is nice to nice to hear this song for the first time of this tour. They continued with the momentum from Black Throated Wind and went right into Big Railroad Blues. So we have been talking a little bit throughout the tour of the Mayer Blues slot. It seems like every set one, you get one John Mayer Blues track. And uh, last night, this was it. I think that this is one of my more preferred blues offerings that this band will play um, at this point in time. It sounds, It always sounds really good. And I thought that this was a nice version. One thing that really stood out to me at the end though was how they kind of started and I think it was maybe O'Teal mainly started like planting the seeds for the song that would come next just a little bit just with a little bit of the DNA of this song kind of shifting and becoming a bit more spacey and then they went into Dark Star so we've been waiting for a Dark Star for a long time I think that the first show that I predicted a Dark Star for was Raleigh and then Bristow and then Dave predicted it for Pittsburgh and then we finally got it in St. Louis. Uh, Dave did predict this song last night so he gets a point in Estimated Profits and I love this thing that they've been doing this tour is we saw it in Raleigh um, and we saw it in Atlanta. They will play a very kind of a song that opens itself up to be a big jam to close set one. And they've been doing it with these really ethereal, cool intros. The one in St. Louis was excellent. Mickey started playing the beam just a little bit, um, not just in the beginning, like little intro of the song, but also then throughout the jam that they embroiled themselves in, in Dark Star. It was just a really, really good version of Dark Star. I loved the intro and I loved the mood that O'Teal was setting. I think that a lot of times with these big jams and especially with dark star with how much space they can sometimes give it the what is happening on bass can really set the tone for how good the performance is and you know it's all ranging levels of good in dark star i don't know of any bad versions <laughs> but uh i loved O'Teal's playing on this track i loved this song and this performance in general i thought it was excellent and it was really heightened for me, I think, by the fact that they took it into Johnny B. Good. That's a tour bust out. We have not heard any Johnny B's this tour until last night. And it was a very spirited version of Johnny B. Good. Got the people up and moving. And it was a great little uh, end cap to the Dark Star. I thought it was fantastic. And yeah, I just, when, I think that sometimes 
the, I think that there's some Jerry Garcia quote about this, about how, you know, it doesn't matter how well you played if you don't end the show well, like the ending kind of informs what you witnessed beforehand. And that can be true of a set in, in addition to being true of the show. You know, the people are going out into the, into the concession area, or if you're couch touring, like I was, you know, you take your headphones off and take a break and you for the set break and you're, you kind of think about how good was that set. And one of the things you think about was the set ender, the set closer. And for me, I was just in such a good mood from that really strong Johnny be good. Um, that, yeah, I think that it heightened my feelings about what was already a really good first set. Unfortunately, I did not listen to the second set of this show and I'm really bummed that I missed it because let's hear what they played. Eyes of the World into Dark Star, the second verse, into Fire on the Mountain, Shakedown Street into Drums, Space, The Eleven, Death Don't Have No Mercy, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad, and then an encore of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Bob broke out an acoustic guitar, and they they just went for it. So, interestingly, this show ended at 10.41 Central Time, so 20 minutes earlier, um, Oh no, excuse me. That's when the second set ended. Then they played an encore for 10 minutes and they, they got done at 10 of 11, which I know you, if you are thinking about in the context of how they've played previous tours or anything like that, it's like, well, they went on stage at 7.09 and they got off stage at 10.50. You more than got your money's worth. And you'd be right. You did more than get your money's worth. The reason why I say that's interesting is just because most of the shows before here, before this one, they have been running right up to that like 11 PM kind of curfew or you know, hard stop that they had, that they may have at that time. So they got done a little bit early with this one, but man, the second set list so powerful. I mean, I love the kind of mix that they got. You get the mid seventies eyes of the world into the sixties, dark star into the late seventies fire on the mountain and shakedown. And then you go right back to the sixties after drums and space with the 11 death. Don't have no mercy and going down the road, feeling bad, just a real mix of all of this band's amazing eras and all of the different and varied tracks that they, that they have on offer. I do want to read one comment that I thought would be interesting to note about this second set. So this is from a Reddit user who is familiar with any of you who are, who do go to these set list threads that I'm talking about. Don't touch that knob. Um, he is kind of the organizer of the set list threads a lot of the time. And his comment on this show was phenomenal show tonight. I always like to let shows sit for a little bit, but this is absolutely up there with Cornell and Atlanta and Phoenix for me. Eyes, the 11 into Death Don't, They Love Each Other, Dark Star into Johnny Be Good, and Shakedown all stand out as favorites, but honestly, there was not a dud. That's pretty powerful. I mean, Don't Touch That Knob has listened to all of the shows on this tour just like we have, and for him to say that this is up there with um, Cornell and Atlanta and Phoenix, those are three really great shows from this tour. I think if yeah, you know, put a gun to my head, I'd still say Cornell is the best show that the band has ever played. And so to get that, that comp is pretty good. Um, another comment that someone posted on this thread, um, one handed bulldozer, good name by him. Hi guys. I understand attendance bias is a thing, 
but I'd like your honest opinion. Was that eyes as absolutely fucking amazing as it seemed to be? And basically everyone who commented was like, wasn't there listening to it on my couch, but hell yeah, it was. So I got to go check out that eyes back into dark star. And I got to go listen to this whole second set. I'm really excited to, to go check it out. Um, if you listen to it, I hope that you enjoyed it as much as these folks that I'm mentioning did. I'm sure you did because this band is just playing so damn well here in 2023. And I mean, I'm loving listening to every one of their shows. So that's about all I got for St. Lou, City of Blues. And um, let's talk about the next one. The band's next show up is tomorrow night when they will kick off a two-night run at Wrigley Field. I'm going to be back with you for a recap of that show. And that is the band's ninth show at Wrigley. They're playing shows 9 and 10 at Wrigley Field, which is one of their most played venues, period, since they started in 2015. And because we're talking about the next show, it's a great time to talk about Estimated Profits, America's new favorite game that no one in your family has ever heard about. So Estimated Profits, Dave and I are picking two songs per show, all tour, that we think the band is going to play. In this show in St. Louis, I went two for two, I'm proud to tell you. I had Black-Throated Wind and Eyes of the World, they played both. Dave had Dark Star and Morning Dew, they played one, so we were three out of four. That's pretty good. Um, many of you were two for two that night and many of you have been two for two on a lot of nights of this tour. So keep up the good work there. If you want to play along, you can tweet us at working man's pod, send us a message on Instagram or reply to the post that we will make on Friday. Um, at working man's underscore pod, send us an email working at gmail.com or find our Reddit post on the day of the show and comment right there. For night one in Chicago, Dave has the first pick, and he said that he finds it difficult because it's a two-night run, and so there are a lot of songs that he feels like they're going to play one of the two nights, but it's hard to predict which night will come with which song, which I I totally get. Um, But he, his first pick for night one in Wrigley is Estimated Profit. Fitting, fitting as we play Estimated Profits. So for me... Uh, I've got the two sandwich picks, the two middle picks of this of this round, and I'm going to start with what I think is going to be the show opener. I think they're going to play Feel Like a Stranger to open the show. They've only played it once in 2023, and that was at Phoenix, which is now, I mean, two weeks ago. It's been a little bit. That was on May 23rd. And in 2022, as I look back on it, they only played it twice to open the entire tour at Dodger Stadium and then once at Pine Knob. So maybe it's a bit of more of recency bias. Um, in 2021, they, it seemed like they played it almost every show, which is dramatic. They played it five times. Um, but it, it seems like they're due for one. It's been a while since we've heard of Feel Like a Stranger. And it is a bit in- anxiety-inducing to take a song that's a show opener because if they don't play it off the rip, they're not going to play it. And then I know my ceiling is only one point, but I'm throwing caution to the wind and I'm taking Feel Like a Stranger. The second selection I'm taking could be a first set song, could be a second set song. So I feel like I've got more variety available to me, but um, I'm going to take Lost Sailor and Saint of Circumstance as as my second. So I guess we've been what we've been having people do when you take you know kind of a classic goes into or jam suite is you just take one. So with that in mind, I'll take Lost Sailor. Lost Sailor is a song that the that the Dead did not play very much, but Dead and Co has played quite a bit um looks like they've played it three times each in 21 and 22 
the most that they played it was five times in 2015, but they've only played it once this year in Dallas. So I feel like they're due for a Sailor Saint, whether that'll be the first night in Chicago or the second. I mean, who knows? Um, so that those are my two picks. And for Dave's last pick, uh, he hasn't texted it to me yet. So if you want to know what Dave's uh, final pick is, go check out our social media channels and you can learn what he's taken there. But what's more important is we want to know what you're taking. So again, send those submissions in. All right, well, that's going to do it for today. Um, I'll be back with you on Saturday to talk about that first night at Wrigley. But until then, Nora Love will not fade away. Uh-huh.